Podcast One. Do you remember that scene in Monty Python's Life of Brian where one of the characters yells out, Blessed are the cheesemakers! <laughs> well, he may have just been referring to today's guests who have taken it on themselves to single-handedly save the artisan cheesemaking market in Australia. It's a very cheesy episode 537 of the 12-year-old award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Well, I say welcome to a small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Tim Reed. And welcome back to your weekly dose of brilliant marketing. <laughs> Another cheese joke there, just to kick things off. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful, beautiful business of yours into the empire that it absolutely deserves to be. And that's exactly why this podcast exists. So if you love it, hit subscribe right now. And if your marketing appetite is insatiable, then grab a copy of my marketing text, The Boomerang Effect, which will show you how to create helpful marketing. And I think you'll love that. It's over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. As per usual, team, there is marketing, G-O-L-D, dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Now, like many regional businesses, Australian cheesemakers have been doing it pretty tough for years. Like I'm talking economic turmoil, bushfires, drought, and now this bloody pandemic, many have had to shut up shop for good. For those that haven't, they have sought cheese therapy. Not the kind of therapy where you lie on a couch and a shrink waves a block of cheddar in front of you. Oh, no, no, no. Not that type of therapy. Cheese therapy is the brainchild of Sam Penny and Helen Shadforth. It's basically a cheese club that offers a monthly subscription delivering yummy Australian cheeses to your door. So you can get really, really fat without leaving home. (laughs) No, not true. Not true at all. Just portion size samples of yummy Australian cheeses. It's really good stuff. The truth is, cheese therapy has been a huge hit for cheesemakers, enabling many of them to get off government support and focus on what they love. In fact, it's not unusual for them to see a spike in monthly sales of over 3,000% year on year, thanks to cheese therapy. Now, to become very clear to you very quickly that Sam and Helen are great marketers. They're doing some really interesting stuff, revealing one idea they do that got them a 30 times return on investment from one simple marketing hack, which they will explain to you shortly. I started off by getting the big question out of the way right up front. What's their favourite cheese? I get asked this all the time. So I am a blue cheese girl. I love my blue cheese particularly. There's one cheese that at the moment is my favourite. It changes all the time. But at the moment, Apostle Way, a beautiful oh, little cheese yes, maker down. Way. Yeah, Don't down. Know it. Oh, <laughs> well, they're down near the, uh, the 12 Apostles. No doubt. Obviously. So beautiful. anyway, they have a beautiful blue cheese called Balti's Blue Bonanza. Love it. They've beautiful. got a sense of humour. They what, do. That's what we like. I'm guessing they're probably, and we'll talk more about these artisan cheesemakers. They're probably a bit like um, like craft brewers. They have a kind of yeah. whole funky thing going on. But yeah. we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Sam, what is your favourite cheese? Oh, gee, I, the whole time I craft was trying cheddar. to work out. Yeah, craft cheddar, cheddar. sticks. Uh, 
Oh, to be honest, my I don't have a favourite cheese. It changes, I reckon, every day. Right. Uh, and do you sit on the fence about every decision? How yeah, long does he like yeah, that? Yeah, he's, or? yeah. Oh, right, <laughs> shut up. Come on. <laughs> and indecisive. We're not a cheesemaker, are you? You're an indecisive cheese distributor. Jeez, you're a top but bloke. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought the blue thing up because it's the elephant in the room, right? Like, yeah. I, I too love blue, but I, every time I'm like, oh, that smells so bad. Yeah. Oh, taste, don't okay. worry. There's some pretty funky, stinky ones out there. How, how hard is it for an artisan cheesemaker in Australia to make a living in 2020? In 2020, it's actually been excellent for them. Up until 2020, they have all really struggled. But the cheesemakers that we've been working through with throughout COVID are actually up about 20, 30% on 2019. Why? Just because Australians got behind Australian makers. It was beautiful. For the first time, Australian cheese is outperforming all the internationals. Australians, I think this is where Australians are amazing. The Australian spirit is when, you know, someone asks for help and Australians will always put their hand out and help them. Mm-hmm. True. And that's come through in COVID a lot. Mm. You hear it in all sorts of industries. So prior to, okay, so COVID has been a bit of a bonanza. It's funny to use those two words together, but there are some businesses that are really benefited. COVID's been really good for cheesemakers. We're staying at home. We're spending more on luxury items because we're not travelling and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Prior to COVID, how hard was it for an artisan cheesemaker to make a quid? Oh, extremely hard. You yeah. were talking, Helen was talking to uh, Credwin, who owns Mellower Cheese Co. That's right, yeah. So, uh, Credwin, so uh, Millower Cheese Co. are one of Australia's pioneering artisan cheesemakers. They've been in the business for about 40 years and it was set up by Credwin's parents, David and Anne Brown. Uh, and Credwin has now taken over the business and she said to me, this time last year, so December 2019, they were in a world of trouble where they didn't know whether they were going to just put some more money in, keep going, p- perhaps sell. And she said, look, if anyone even wanted to buy us, it means we're doing okay, which then we Mm. wouldn't want to sell. But she said now, all of a sudden, um, because they've just sold so much cheese with with us and uh, people are asking for their cheese now, they have just been able to turn it all around and now they're doing the best they've ever done in that whole 40 years. You have had cheesemakers in tears on the phone. Yes, that's right. Particularly at the start of COVID, just like everybody, everyone was so unsure and really scared. Because we had been working with Millua during the end of January, February and March because they got affected by the bushfires, mm. every cheesemaker saw what we did there for them and they basically all called me up, half of them in tears, just saying, we need help. Can you do for us what you did for Millua um, back in February? And we couldn't say no. and we. So, so that was the genesis for cheese therapy? Cheese therapy actually started about five years ago. Well before. Yes, yeah. Um, in its current form? Yeah, nothing. We haven't changed. We haven't pivoted. You know, I hate that <laughs> word. <laughs> but, find, uh, a, find another one. I yeah. can't. <laughs> uh, our business has not changed. It's just that we do a lot more of it now. It's gone next level. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea for cheese therapy, where did it come from? Oh, we got really drunk in Vanuatu (laughs) and Helen and I were holidaying over there. Uh, The supermarket is French and apart from having amazing French champagne every single night, they also have this amazing cheese counter full of French cheese and every single day we're having just new experiences with the cheeses. 
you know, stuff that we hadn't smelled, seen or tasted before. And uh, we came back to Australia wanting to recreate part of that that uh, holiday. But then we realised that we don't have delis anymore in this country. You know, a lot of them have gone because of the basically the supermarkets. Mm. And the supermarkets sell, you know, really quite bland, homogenised product mm-hmm. without much flavour. Uh, and so we just thought, well, what if we fly cheese in and we'll make a little cheese club because we want it and I'm <laughs> sure we can find other people who would want to do it. And that was honestly the limit of our market research. But that was March 2016 when we launched. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry that cheese was the highlight of your Vanuatu holiday, <laughs> but hey, you know, like, I won't get involved there. <laughs> what were you doing prior to starting Cheese Therapy? Oh, were you look, looking for an idea? Were you in corporate jobs? Well, Sam and I are both quite creative people in our own rights and uh, we always, I don't know, on a mission to do something. I'm, I'm a graphic designer and an artist, so I've... I've worked as a graphic designer for 20-odd years. So you've been freelancing. You've, you've sort of ready, yeah. ready to go with something else or we had the room for something else. Yeah, exactly. And I also have had my own little projects that I've worked on, uh, creative things like uh, children's brands. I've written kids' book. I do painting. I um, do fabric design. So I've always got oh, nice. something like a project So you're actually go. one of those graphic designers that um, also applies the learnings that you share with your clients to products that you come up with as well. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's very obvious and I want to talk about the brand later, but it's yeah, obvious yeah. In, in the cheese therapy visuals. Yeah, because branding is something I've always been passionate about as yeah. well. So I guess that side of it. So I think, and and Sam and I both, we work together really well because we're similar, but we're also got very different skills that work together really well. Yeah. I understand Sam, for example, is not allowed near Canva. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. nor, nor am I, Sam. Let me tell you, like, yeah, you use Canva, you get a logo. We, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, it doesn't work like that. You uh, actually need to know what you're doing. It's just a tool. <laughs> yeah, no starbursts allowed. Our marketing team can always tell when I've been in Canva. <laughs> do you know, I interviewed Melanie Perkins who, oh, yeah. who started Canva. Yeah. And do you know the one font that you will not find on Canva? Have a guess. Comic Sans. You got it. It's not available. <laughs> it's not available. Yeah, see, she's a graphic designer. She gets it. <laughs> what were you doing, Sam, prior to Cheese Therapy? I've had uh, a number of businesses. So I've had a medical device company. Uh, I've had a chain of hair salons, online triathlon training programs, beauty products. Wow. Uh, yeah, a whole range of things. Just a, like a crazy entrepreneur that can't help himself when he sees an idea? <laughs> Yes, yeah, pretty much. And by trade, I'm a civil engineer, but... Uh, <laughs> of course you are. Of course. <laughs> right. And uh, is cheese therapy, of all those ideas, has it been the most successful? I don't necessarily mean financially either, but the most rewarding and... Uh, look, my medical device company was a very rewarding company, both financially and personally. Uh, I created a product called the Circulation Booster. You put your feet on it, it zaps your feet, improves circulation in your legs. I was able to take a product, get it through about 1,500 pharmacies within about three years, but the best part about it was every single week I would get handwritten notes from you know, 70, 80-year-old people about how I'd changed awesome. their life. It was amazing. And now we've got a similar thing with cheese therapy that uh, you know, we have certainly changed the lives of our cheesemakers, but also people in these regional areas. You know, all Before you go into cheese therapy, I'm just interested mm. to finish that conversation around your career. Mm. How long has each business, how long have you done each business for? Sort of like, is it a three to five year period? I'm just worried about you, Helen, because cheese therapy is five years old. <laughs> is he 
Are we safe? Is he going to be around? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He, he, he gets excited by bright, shiny objects ah, really easily. <laughs> I got it. So do I. <laughs> How do you avoid, because there's a lot of bright, shiny objects in this world. Since starting cheese therapy, have you been distracted and had to go to hell on hay? You're not going to believe it, but I've just seen like a, a six-wheeled car and I think there's a market for it. I'm, in, I'm into six-wheeled cars now or something like that. I think uh, what I'm able to do is just shut off a lot of those bright, shiny objects and just push forward on a strategy um, and see the strategy through. And, you know, if it's an exit, for example, we had a successful exit from the medical device company, that was part of the strategy there. And with cheese therapy, we have a particular strategy in mind, which is really to support these regional and rural communities Mm -hmm. and small artisan makers. So I don't get distracted by... The shiny objects. I do love shiny objects, though. They're they're a lot of fun. Uh, But I think that uh, what I've been able to do, you know, through a lot of my endeavours, you know, both, you know, like my sporting stuff, my business stuff, has always taught me how to focus and how to block out um, Mm. all the noise. Yeah, okay. Because you have swum the English Channel. Yeah. So what does... I was only talking to a previous guest who'd employed an Olympian as a business partner... And it was a great decision because that Olympian, highly focused, you know, like just doesn't waver, has just this incredible ability to see the end game and head there. I guess that's what you bring with your English Channel kind of swimming abilities and all that. Yeah, exactly. Not, I was going to say all that <laughs> nonsense, but I do love a good ocean swim myself. <laughs> uh, look, you know, being face down in the ocean for six hours <laughs> is not what you call the most exciting thing. But what you have to do is train your mind to block out everything, you know, block out the boredom, the pain, the hunger, anything around you so that you can get through that six hours. And then once you get through the six hours, you feel amazing because you're very proud of what you've just done. Yeah. You know, even though I was doing this six-hour swim pretty much every weekend, mm-hmm. um, I just felt so satisfied at the end of it. But being able to block my mind off and that six-hour swim felt like it was more about 30 minutes. So you come back from Vanuatu, you've got this idea for some way of distributing artisan cheeses around Australia. You have to build a marketplace. You need artisan cheese makers, which I imagine would be pretty easy to get. They're going to go, yeah, any channel that allows us distribution is a good thing, sign us up. But then you've got to get people to buy these hampers because essentially cheese therapy is a variety of hampers, right? It's not just a little website you go to to buy a block of cheese. You mm. buy a monthly subscription of, of cheese hampers, which I love. I love the monthly recurring income. <laughs> 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 Sam's got a rather large smile and Helen a bigger one. <laughs> how, how did you build that marketplace from scratch? Uh, I think it was a combination of our abilities. Um, so for me, I was able to identify straight away how the branding needed to look and how it needed to speak to people. And Sam was able to, he's he's excellent at marketing and social media marketing. So combining those things together. Uh, and I think it also helped the fact that Sam's good mate is Peter Russell Clark. <laughs> well, yeah. explain who he is to overseas <laughs> listeners or to anyone under the he, age of 40. Yeah. He is the man. He is Mr. Cheese for Australia. He was Australia's first celebrity chef. Yeah. And anyone over the age of, I reckon, about 44 can sing his jingle to this day. Ooh, I'm under that age and I can sing his jingle. Okay, sing it. <laughs> Remind me what it was. 
come and come get and it. Get it. Come, come and, and get, get it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go and remind me. I had a jingle of the week segment on this show for a couple of years. I can't remember that one. Okay, so what did Peter do for you in order to get cheese therapy on the map? Uh, well, we actually launched with Peter here in Brisbane. Uh, we flew Peter up from Melbourne, and he's been a mate of mine for about fifteen years or so. And just having him, you know, the Australian Dairy Dairy Australia put about a million dollars into Peter and his show to get Australian cheese on the map, what, about mm. 30 years ago. Uh, and so he was just the most natural choice to have up here. But from there, obviously, you get a lot of media from someone like that. So here we are launching. Uh, we had, I think, two launch parties. They sold out in about an hour each. We had a lot what, of... What, you sold tickets to your launch party? Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> so if I get invited to your house for cheese and wine, am I going to have to pay? Yeah, yeah, you'll get a premium. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you get him up and you get a lot of news coverage and that kind of... At this point, the website's up. Is an yes. e-commerce platform. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. cheese therapy right from the start was built with the idea of building a foundation, building a foundation of emails, so building a database... Uh, but also a social media platform with Facebook and a really strong following there. Um, and being able to utilise those, but also building the authenticity in what we do, having core values that really resonate with people. And, you know, in the five years that we've been going, nothing has changed in our business. You know, we still are out there trying to help people, trying to do good in the communities that we work in, at the same time selling cheese and giving people an amazing experience. So tell us about doing good. How, you, how do you do that? Well, there's, there's a few things. You know, firstly, obviously supporting uh, the cheese makers. So, you know, we are a retailer, but what we're doing is really promoting the brands of all these cheese makers. And... I certainly know that delis right around Australia this year have benefited because of uh, how we have promoted a lot of these cheesemakers. Our cheesemakers have had their best year ever. But also we've got a, um, a program which we call Cheese for Good and we work with a couple of charities and so every time someone buys one of those packs, we donate $15. Uh, and so just being able to do things that you know really make us feel good but also make the person who's buying one of our packs mm. feel good and at I the think, same time. I think too the other thing, and this is something that has been right from the start as well, is also giving people in regional rural areas of Australia access to these artisan products. I mean, we're, we're on the Sunshine Coast, so we're not far from Brisbane where I know, you know, the main cities, you can get cheese and artisan products a lot easier, but regional and rural places just, you know, they miss all of yeah, that. So I think that um, that's something that I feel like we make people feel good that they can, you know, get the cheese mm. wherever they are, on a cattle station out at Roma <laughs> or wherever, yeah. So, so how does, so again, two parts of the equation, the cheesemaker and the customer, how, do you, how does a cheesemaker get onto cheese therapy? Is it just, can anyone do it or do they need to pay to be there? No, yeah. no. So they, we, it's just a matter of cheesemakers reaching out to us. I mean, we definitely have a, a level of quality and we always sample if it's if it's a cheesemaker that we haven't known before or haven't had recommended to us by somebody that we know really well in the industry we sample their product they they just send us a box of 
whatever they have selected. And then if Sam and I eat the whole box and want more, <laughs> then we know that it's the right I hope cheese. you're still ocean swimming, uh, oh, young Sam. I, I had to take up running as well. <laughs> oh, geez, I'll tell you what. That's fantastic. Okay, so that, they, they get it. And so then on the – with the hampers that you sell – there's a variety of hampers with a variety yeah. of different cheeses. You don't get to choose which cheese goes in there. Like I'm, you've right. kindly given me one here, which is absolutely beautiful design, by the way. It just looks awesome. Yeah. Like thanks. it looks really like, it's like <laughs> comforting. And a lovely brochure. What are we talking here? Therapy box. It's a December edition. So you're doing that once a month, are you? Yeah, every single right. month the cheeses yeah. change. So mm. we okay. want people to have uh, a different experience every single month. Yeah. And we don't let people choose their cheese because if they do, they'll keep yeah, right. ordering the same thing. The whole idea is to experience a variety of different That's right. Tastes. And also the cheesemakers are ripening the cheeses in their caves. Uh, and this is one of the unique things about cheese therapy. We've been able to shorten the time from cheesemaker to your plate. So we've got that down to about seven days, which means that the cheesemaker is ripening it and they're basically producing the flavours how they want it to taste. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it goes into a supermarket, they need about six to eight weeks shelf life on their cheese. Right. So you're not getting what the cheesemaker wants. Uh, and so that's been one of the real unique things. But also a lot of our cheeses are quite seasonal. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, what's tasting great in December will not be the same in April. What are you charging a month around? $80. $80 bucks for a hamper. How hard is it to keep people subscribed and what do you do to maintain that loyalty? I think just uh, just always being able to be authentic with them. To be honest, we haven't put a lot of effort into trying to keep people. Um, people just stay. I think because the experience that we're giving them is something that they put a lot of value in. You know, you can go and buy cheese from a shop, but you're not going to get the experience that we have. So I would argue you are putting a bit of effort. I mean, it, you know, it's a <laughs> True. great product yes, to start yes. with, you know, beautiful. And each cheese is represented unto its own brand. So you get the cheese therapy brand and then you're getting all these brands within the box. It's a beautiful box. It's quite an experience, yeah. I imagine. When this box yeah. arrives, I mean, it's not just a little box that comes, it's, you know, coming in the post. It's actually beautifully designed, black. Nice little booklet. So you, it's a really nice experience. Yeah, because mm. it's it's not just about the cheese. It's the whole experience yeah. that it's that's what it's about. Like from the minute that that box arrives at your door, people already get excited, mm. and we want to make sure that that feeling stays there for the whole time that they're having that cheese. Yeah, <laughs> Helen's got this saying: you taste with your mind. And, you know, all the branding that goes into it makes people feel yes. really good. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, the tasting notes in the booklet, uh, we tell the stories of the cheesemakers. At no stage do we actually talk about the flavours of the cheese because what we want to do is... It smells like rotten socks, tastes <laughs> like <Yeah>. old eggs, <laughs> which it may well. But yeah, exactly. Yes. You know how winemakers talk about sort of, you know, cherry yeah, notes yeah. and, you know, sort of... Wank, wank. Wank, yeah, wank yeah. stuff. Like sort of what we wanted to ensure that we weren't like wine wankers. Yeah. So we didn't want to be talking about the flavours. We wanted people to taste what they taste because I can never taste the, you know, the tobacco notes or anything like that in wine. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, my previous interview today was with Stu Greger, who's the co-founder of Four Pillars Gin. Oh, right. It was also talking about exactly the same thing, you know, like there is that whole wanky discussion around whether it's coffee or wine or gin or cheese. Mm. And then there's, as you said, the authentic kind of discussion, yeah. which I think resonates more oh, definitely. with people. I mean, if you if you have a piece of it, of 
Taleggio from Italy and you and you someone just says, oh, you know, it smells like this but it tastes like this and you eat it and then all you can think about is <laughs> yeah, these yeah. things that confuse you. But if you say to that person, this cheese comes from this town in Italy and it's matured in a cave and then straight away then you, buy, you, you know, take Story. a bite and your mind goes into that little cave somewhere. Yes. And it makes it way more exciting to eat it <laughs> and thinking about, oh, does it taste like that? I don't so, know. So, <laughs> Helen, to, to that, because stories, everything, you know, there's a great saying in marketing, um, tell, don't sell. Mm. And is it your job within the cheese therapy brand to tell those stories beyond yeah. just the visual design? I think both of us do it. Because um, copywriting's hard. Oh, it is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, cheese makers are very quiet, introverted people, so Sometimes trying to get the information out of them is a little bit like pulling teeth. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think that uh, we're really lucky in the sense that we've known a lot of them now for quite a long time and, and Sam particularly speaks to them quite regularly that now they're comfortable with us and they can tell us things. And then if if we hear them mention something that we're like, oh, that sounds interesting and just asking them more about it and getting to know more of them and their family uh, yeah, and then I think that that's just for us. I, I imagine in the cheese maker being part of cheese therapy, they're also benefiting. They're probably getting little marketing insights and lessons from you that they can apply directly into their little business. Yeah, yeah? definitely. And that's actually something that Sam and I are working more towards. Little masterclasses for yeah. cheese. I think that's yep. a great idea. Yep. And not just cheese makers, but other some you know other little artists and producers as well. And that's something that we're. You know, 2021, we're looking yeah. at doing a bit more yeah, of that. Dairy, dairy yeah. Australia at the start of COVID actually brought me in to educate all the dairy farmers and cheese makers on marketing, but also how to get online and start selling. So even though that's what we do, you know, we sell online, we wanted to get them up and running. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was great to see particularly the cheese makers take on our advice and do it because they recognised that they just needed to do it. Mm -hmm. So education of our artists and makers is a really big part of what we do. It certainly makes our job a lot easier when they're able to tell us their story without us no having doubt. to pull their teeth. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So are we expecting to see coffee therapy, pate therapy, um, <laughs> well, we, salmon dip therapy, well, I don't know, in 2021? <laughs> uh, well, we actually just launched yeah. coffee. So There we go. So Hello, Helen and I... Let's, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> We're, I'm just lining up all my addictions. Yeah, just all the things we love and, you know, how we can... <laughs> so Helen and I spent a few weeks uh, meeting Australia's coffee growers and we actually grow some amazing coffee in this country, but most people don't even know it. And also, I reckon 99.9% .9 of people haven't tasted an Australian grown bean, and they're bloody beautiful. So we launched that early in December, uh, and it's the response has been outstanding. It's exactly the same formula as what we've been doing with cheese therapy, telling the stories of these farmers, because there's some... Some, you know, they live in Mariba and places like that. Uh, half of them are tropo, and it's <laughs> so much fun. The last last time we went up there, one of the coffee growers took us up in a gyrocopter, <laughs> no. and I had always sworn I would never <laughs> hop in one of those things. And then we just didn't have a way to back out. Love it. <laughs> I haven't captured all this for your social media. Oh, we certainly did. I can imagine cheese. I imagine there's like hundreds of cheesemakers in Australia, uh, artisan cheesemakers. Are there 
There can't be hundreds of coffee growers in Australia. No, there's not. There must there, be 10. There'd be about 15, 20, 15, something like that. But enough, enough for coffee therapy? Is it coffee therapy? It's called a cup less travelled. Why didn't you go with the sort of like coffee therapy, chocolate therapy, pate therapy? Why didn't you keep the sort of brand going? Uh, we didn't want to. We just wanted something that can be quite standalone. Um, Why? Uh, because I think that we wanted, uh, particularly with coffee. So you can something, sell it. So maybe. I <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yes, a couple has travelled. It really captures everything yeah, of what um, of what that is. I just would have thought. I mean, going over old ground, but clear. And sometimes, yeah, that because there's the branded house model, which would be cheese therapy, coffee therapy, blah blah, or it would be the house of brands, which would be individual names that live and die by their own sword. And you can sell one of them and not affect the others. So, mm. that's, that's so we've also idea. got wine coming up, and Jeez. and that is called perfectpair.com.au. Okay. And because each of our wines, we're specially selecting from the small producers that pair perfectly with our cheeses. Uh huh. So uh, same business model. Exactly Month, monthly same. Yep. subscription yep. same to your business door. model. Yep. We've got this amazing platform of our database and our social media, our yes. Facebook, Instagram, everything yeah. like that, of people who just love Australian artists and producers. And uh, the more we can find these artists and producers, you know, we've we've also helped set up some uh, small artists and makers. For example, there's a lady who came to us in the middle of COVID with some of the most amazing Lavosh sourdough crackers. And we've worked with her throughout this year. And she, at the start of December, only just opened her first storefront. Mm. How fantastic. Yeah, amazing. And she supplies, we've got a grazing box, which has some other artisan makers, non-cheese stuff. And uh, yeah, because of us, she's now got her business up and running. It is a great thing to support these these artisan and bespoke type people. I um, you know I've been all I've been guilty of buying from the big box stores, but when you actually and my girlfriend Sarah is fa- been fantastic. She she won't buy anything except unless it's bespoke, which means there's an extra zero at the end of every price tag. <laughs> <clears throat> but you also get to experience something you wouldn't normally. And I remember having I can't. What do people call who make pate? Pate maker? No, they're not. There's a crazy <laughs> name for it. That's a thing, and I've forgotten it. But I had a, I had a pate maker on a couple of years ago. Uh, oh, it's a, on the tip of my tongue. It's a crazy word. You should know it. You're oh. in this industry. No. Uh, but anyway, he said, you know, just don't buy that pair of Nike. Don't spend that three hundred bucks on the pair of Nike sneakers. Go yeah, exactly. And walk into a local store. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Each of these artists and makers, they're small. They don't have the marketing ability of what we do. That's our specialty. Yeah. Um, but also, we've got the the ability to ship anywhere in the country. So, for example, Nullumboy in Northern Territory, I had to look it up <laughs> on a map to see where on earth it was, but we have sent so much cheese to Nullumboy. <laughs> yeah. What's going on there? Yeah. Oh, exactly. But it's amazing that you can have a cheesemaker 40k south of Hobart and having their cheese yeah. all the way up at Nullumboy. It's crazy. And just being able to offer that kind of coverage to all of these small makers who yeah. have never been able to achieve anything like this. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that that is another positive that's come out of COVID. I think that people, it's almost like going back to the day when you would go to the main street and you'd buy your meat from the butcher and you'd buy your bread from the baker and you'd go to all the specialty shops to buy your goods. Whereas now that's happening again, but it's happening online, online. instead of in your main street. Mm. But it also means that suddenly the street's got more makers in it because you've got more to choose from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that now people realise 
how easy it actually is to do that rather than go on to a big supermarket website and, you know, I find it so frustrating trying to find anything and fill your trolley up on Whereas now you can just go, you know the sites where you want to get it from and it's easy. Mm. Do do you guys, what else do you buy online that's bespoke? Been interested to know. uh, Oh. Well, we've got wine sorted now. We've got coffee. We've got cheese. <laughs> Just buying all your own product. <laughs> we, we actually, we set up a warehouse, uh, two warehouses in Geelong uh, halfway through COVID. Yeah. And uh, we actually have to order our own cheese to get sent yeah. up to the Sunshine Coast now. Don't they know who you are? Uh, exactly, exactly. I don't think they do. Goodness <laughs> me. Let's talk marketing of cheesetherapy.com.au. You're big on social but I think we had a chat a few weeks ago leading up to our interview today where you said that, you know, Facebook and Insta are changing so much and we, we are, we're having less and less control. Mm. Few and fewer people are seeing a post that we put up. So you're making a bit of a pivot to what? Text uh, messaging. So everybody will open a text. And, you know, when you get a text from us, it's, you know, hi, it's Sam from Cheese Therapy or hi, it's Helen from Cheese Therapy. And... People will always open a text message and the click-through to our website is so high. I reckon texting is absolutely underdone. Oh, exactly, 100%. How long have we had smartphones for? I don't get a lot of promotional texts on my phone. In fact, I might get one a week. Yep. Yet I'll get, you know... 20 emails a day or uh, how many social media posts. But mm. that's interesting. Mm. And it's it's all about looking at those areas that are uncluttered. You know, and definitely your text messages is very uncluttered. But also I think that uh, if you look at your letterbox, your letterbox is uncluttered it as is. well these days. Mm. It is. It's prime for it right now. You know, being able to get, a, you know, a personalised postcard into someone's letterbox. Um, so how do you do Are you buying lists? No, it's all our own customers. Yeah. You know, we, but then you're talking to the converted. So that's a way of, that's a way of maintaining loyalty. Yeah, so we're using our social media particularly to bring in the new customers mm. uh, and then to basically um, sell to the converted and sell them more. Yeah, okay. How are you getting their numbers when, uh, they, when they sign up first time? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. So if someone obviously buys from us, it always has their yeah. phone number on it. Um, but also, we'll run a competition, for example. And part of the requirements of entering the competition is to put in your mobile number. Mm. Nice. Simple nice. as that. <laughs> Read the T's and C's. No one does. <laughs> you are going to get blasted for the next five years. Okay. So you are just interested in that process of text messaging. So you're getting. You've already got the numbers. You move that into a piece of software or... Uh, Cellcast um, is the website. Cellcast? Yep, uh, and I actually think they're an Australian company. C or S? B- C. C. C? No. C-S-C-E-L-L. Okay. Cellcast. So you bump all those into a database and then you could, like you would with an like a survey, not a survey monkey, like a MailChimp or an active campaign, you just flick out texts? Yep, yep. As simple as that. Now... That's awesome. You know, we may only do it, say, once a month because we don't want to spam people. But also making sure that the message is authentic, it's very cheese therapy-like. Not cheesy. Not cheesy. (laughs) No, we're never cheesy. Should be. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And just... Are they long... I'm interested. I haven't had a a text discussion on this this podcast. Are they long texts? What's a typical text say? Hey, there's a new cheese. Come and get it. Yeah. So, for example, we had one of our cheese makers from Adelaide called Utter Delights uh, who were overstocked. And a lot of these top cheese makers actually come to us 
because we're about the only people in the whole country that can clear two tonnes of cheese in a couple of days. And so if one of our cheese makers needs help, we'll then put the call out on text, you know, Mm. Hey, Helen, it's Sam from Cheese Therapy. One of our cheese makers um, needs your help ah, right okay. now. Mm. And so we've got, you know, a one kilo wheel of truffle brie that Gee, just needs powerful. To, yeah. yeah. That is powerful. And it's also good because we can, um, we can also filter out customers. So we can find people who are only subscribers or, or people who have been a subscriber for... I know, day dot, mm-hmm. and go, well, put them in a group and they get a special offer, that, yeah. you know, and then they know that no one else gets that mm-hmm. except for them. So, and that's a nice way to kind of make them feel special. So, I well. guess we do do something to yes, keep our we subscribers. Do. <laughs> we do. I know you do. Yeah. I know. You're just settling into this interview. We've got a few hours to go. Oh, so good. The idea is we'll yeah. leave here going, oh, oh, that's a good idea. I need to tell him we're online. <laughs> You've got Cheese Therapy TV, yes. which I quite like. Uh, explain what that is to yeah. those who haven't seen it. It's so like- once a week we've done, I think, 12 yeah. episodes. We do a 10, 15-minute show each week and that was us trying something new. So we've hired a videographer. She's full-time on our team. Wow. And we wanted to be able to share the stories of you know various parts of cheesemaking, of the cheesemakers, those kinds of things. So we've, you know, for example, been to Summerland Camels and made camel cheese and milk to camel, which... It's a bit humpy, the camel cheese. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. It is, it is. And, uh, yeah, I never sort of... I've been trying to get the image of milking a camel out of my mind ever since. It was the angry camel that I can't get out of my oh, mind. The one, the, the bitch on the fro- bum? The frothy mouth. Oh, that one. <laughs> frothy mouth, yeah. bum body. Goodness me. Uh, I, I, love, I love the idea of cheese therapy TV. Um, and you, uh, it's pretty new. I would mm. hope, don't give it up. The fact you've got a videographer on staff now is fantastic. You're at that kind of magical point of 10 to 12 episodes where you could go either way of going, is this worth it or not? But yeah. in my experience, that kind of content marketing requires, a, it's a slow burn and at some point you sort of hit that mm. that tipping point. You've got about 80 to 100 um, views per episode at the moment which would be kind of, how do you feel about that? I think we've had all up, we've had about half a million views on oh, really? the show. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. pick that up. So, That's awesome. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Some go really well, yeah. some don't. But it's one of those things with uh, social media marketing, you just need to keep pumping content out. You do. Don't try and sort what? of overthink it because the ones that you overthink are the ones that tank. The yeah. ones where you don't think about it, where you just, yes. you know, this is too cheesy or this is like Mm. They're the ones that actually go really well. So the more content you get out, you get a better understanding of what people are responding to. It's been a hard time to kind of start doing it as well because obviously we haven't been able to travel and see the cheesemakers, which is what we ideally really want to do. We want to go and visit them and do some footage. The only one we've done that with so far is Wombai. It's only because they're down the road from us. But hopefully in the new year we can, you know, get down to Tassie, get down, you know, go and see Mm. some of the other cheesemakers and... Do you mm. like getting in front of the camera, Helen, or do you leave that oh, to... No, Sam? we both do. Yeah, front? yeah, we both. I think oh, it's a fantastic idea, and at some point it will. I mean, I, half a million views, I think it's fantastic. I don't know what I missed, because I was just looking at the views per episode, but that's really good. Do mm. you see, can you kind of quantify the success of Cheese Therapy TV? Do you see subscriptions go up, or do you see sales go up? 
I think it cheese therapy TV is just one part of mm. everything that we do. We yeah. do a huge amount of different th- types of marketing. What's the best marketing that you do? If you, oh, if the you, text messaging yeah. at the moment. It, that's the one that you know gives us a Bank return. Yeah. So it, cheap. It must be yeah. it must be about sort of a 20 30 time return yeah. on on what we spend on it. I wow. think, it's unbelievable. I think the other thing as well that we find always works is doing live videos as mm. well. Live videos always yeah. get a lot of in- engagement and um, they work. I had um, Chocolate Johnny on the show a few weeks ago. He's a, a bespoke chocolate maker in Rose Bay and he's just he's just nailed live streaming. Mm. And he just gets behind the counter, behind the coffee machine. It's a one-man show. It's third-generation chocolate business. Wow. But he does. He just does these live streams. Mm. And people come in the same day. He gets orders from overseas. It's incredibly powerful. And again, I would probably argue live streaming is mm. another place. You've mentioned the letterbox, text messaging. I would say live streaming is also yeah. a relatively quiet space. Yeah, and I think too mm. because when you're live streaming, it's hard not to be authentic you know, you can't orchestrate it and you can't really plan it. That's right. And I think people can see that and that's when they know, oh, they're genuine, like that yep. is real. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we interview cheesemakers, for example. So we'd sit down, they'll be in, say, Tasmania and us in Budrum on the Sunshine Coast. And, you know, we're both sitting down on the couch, you know, glass of wine and people join us on a Saturday night. Love it. It's been fantastic. And being able to share those stories, yeah. uh, you know, for, for 45 minutes or something like that. And, you know, I think we really sort of recognise that people are investing 45 minutes of their time to watch mm. us, mm-hmm. you know, to listen to what we have to say. And we never take that for granted. We always want to make sure that what we're putting out there is really valuable mm. to the person. Um, I think that's a good point because earlier you said, you know, just create as much content as you can, which I agree with, but as long as it sits within what I would call an editorial mission, which is basically, well, content around what? So people know, mm. they can choose then why to listen, mm. you know. So you obviously, your content is all around the love of cheese, yeah? Mm. You're going to tune in and you're going to walk away with some stories, yeah. some insights, maybe some recipes, some pairings, whatever it is, yeah? Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a lot of education and yeah. we're constantly educating yes. Australia about cheesemakers, but even, you know, educating people about the regions, you know, for example, Apostle Way sort of around them or Gippsland, which is a very big cheese-making area of Australia. There's so many parts to, you know, to make that piece of cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the dairy farmers, you've got the region, you've got the way that they tend to their fields and grow the grass. Mm-hmm. Um, so many things that, you know, mm-hmm. really make up what a and piece of cheese is. also educating people about cheese, you know, <laughs> mould and best before dates and get your cheese out for at least an hour before you serve it. Now, ah. there's so many things to teach people about cheese. Mm. Uh, okay, so is mould okay? Yeah, mould good. is good. Well, that's blue cheese, right? Yeah, what also... Is blue cheese penicillin? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Figure yeah. that out. But also, you know, people will say to me, oh, Helen, I don't like blue cheese because it's got mould. Yeah. I'm like, do you realise what the white is on the outside of that <laughs> brie that you're eating? <laughs> it's mould. Like, people no. don't realise. Yeah. It's funny. I asked you what your favourite cheese was. One of my... You're going to cringe at this. I like that orange cheese that you put on hamburgers, you know, the, oh. in America. Oh, the plastic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, interview's over. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I do like my blues as well. Guys, I reckon it's a great story. 
cheesetherapy.com.au is where you can subscribe. Mm-hmm. Shortly you'll be able... Will there be links on Cheese Therapy to go to your coffee one and your yes. wine one? And so yep. there is going to be a little... It certainly is. I can see it on the uh, on the menu right there. Yeah, the co- it's it's already there. Already. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Coffee's up. Um, at the moment, the wine is just in our hampers yep. um, and that will hopefully be launching soon. Yes. Fully. You're going to be busy. How big's the team? Uh, we just had our Christmas party in Geelong and we had about 20 people at the restaurant mm. and apparently they all work for us. Yeah. Mm, uh, it was the first time we'd been able to venture down to Geelong and meet our team. Every time we have Zooms with them, they always had masks on. Mm. So when we got down there, we actually didn't recognise any of our team. Mm. Uh, and then we've got five of us working five on the, on the Sunshine, Sunshine Coast. Coast. Yeah. yeah, so that's our sales and marketing team up here on the Sunshine Coast. I imagine Coast. that's about to grow with coffee launching and yeah. wine. Good yep. on you. Great yeah. story. It's fantastic. <laughs> Do you love it? Love it. Yeah. This is this is so much fun. <laughs> you think you can keep going, Sam? Just no more bright shiny objects. Hey, I'm I'm good at the endurance stuff. You are good at the endurance <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll see you in the ocean. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Helen, wonderful work on the brand. Thank you. Cheesetherapy.com.au is where you'll find it. Thank you guys. Great. Great. Thanks, Thanks Timbo. Like I said, team, at the start, blessed are the cheesemakers. What a Great couple of marketers. Sam Penny, Helen Shadforth, Cheese Therapy. Here's my top three attention grabbers from that chat with them. Attention grabber number one. I love Sam's idea of looking for uncluttered communication channels like letterboxes and texting. What did he get, a 30 times ROI from texting when they wanted to clear two tonnes of cheese? Love it. Remember, when everyone else is yelling, whisper. One of my favourite little quotes. Attention grabber number two, great content. There's not a business out there that shouldn't have this as part of their marketing strategy. Create great content. If you don't know how to do it, read my book, The Boomerang Effect. You'll get it over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. And attention grabber number three, live stream. Get into it. Sam and Helen are doing it really well. We've had other past guests like Johnny Capos, the chocolate guy who's using live streaming very effectively. It's free. It's effective. It'll help you build a personal brand. It'll help you build confidence in your messaging and the way you speak to your prospects. Get out there and do it. That's what grabbed my attention. I would love to know what grabbed yours. Hit pause and tell me by calling the Small Business Big Marketing hotline on 0480-015-150. Just like Laura Ann did. Hi, Timbo. It's Laura Ann here from Boston and B. Boston and B uh, launched on Tuesday, so a couple of days ago, and we sell beeswax wraps. They're an eco-friendly, reusable bougie alternative to single-use plastic. We individually use 130 kilos of plastic each per year and only 9% of that plastic gets uh, recycled. And and further to that, studies had shown that um, plastic has actually entered our food chain. So basically, in some of our foods, there is plastic, which is pretty gross. With a focus on a bit of a difference where a lot of the other beeswax wraps on the market um, are like animal, they've got animal print on them or um, fruits and vegetables on them. And I wanted mine to make 
uh, mine to be a little bit more classy, have a tie-dye or a geometric type of feel to it. So um, I've done that. Um, I guess I'm having a bit of an issue with social media. I'm trying to use the TikTok thing and I'm trying to get out there and it's just hard. <laughs> and you go to bed at night, you know, today I've had one sale, which I'm extremely grateful for, but worried because, you know, I've got a 20% launch sale happening at the moment. If people don't want to buy um, them on a, when they're on sale, then are they going to want to buy them at all? So I've got a lot of self-doubt. Anyway, I came across your podcast and I was taking my dog for a walk and I just want to thank you because it's amazing. Um, and I'm trying to get loads of tips. If you have any tips about getting me up in the rankings of Google, granted, I haven't listened to all of your podcasts. I've just found it today. Then I would love that. Hope you have an awesome week and thank you so much for your podcast. I really appreciate it. Bye. Laura. What a wonderful, wonderful message. The fact that you only discovered my podcast today or when you sent that message and then decided to call the Small Business Big Marketing Hotline immediately, I love that. Uh, congratulations on launching your new business. Um, I love the idea of it. I reckon you're onto something. Lose the self-doubt. Just commit 110% to building your beeswax packaging wrapping business. I, I think it's awesome and you'll never look back. And if, if you really do love it, then you'll never work another day in your life. So well done. Um, in terms of episodes to listen to, my view, uh, first of all, have listened to episode 521, which is with the search engine optimization guru, Harry Sanders. Um, he, The whole episode is titled How to Get Your Business on Page One of Google, and he explains exactly how to do that. Um, and, and then just go and listen to episodes randomly. I say to people, you know, don't look for me interviewing people within your industry. Look for me interviewing people outside of your industry so that you get a completely different perspective on how you could go about building that beautiful business of yours, Laura, into the empire. It absolutely deserves to be. I wish you mountains of luck with it. Everyone else, do what Laura did. Give me a buzz on 0480 015 I won't answer it, but you can leave me a message. Next episode, we catch up with past guest Stu Gregor, who's the creator of Four Pillars Gin, which recently won the best gin in the world, two years running, at the prestigious International Wine and Spirit Awards out of London. And boy, oh boy, just between you and I, I think Stu is one of the great marketers and he has a, uh, just a mountain of stuff to share about how he's managed such success. Uh, if you're looking uh, for even more marketing love, be sure to grab my book, The Boomerang Effect, over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. If you're loving the podcast, then you'll find through, I was going to say 356, you'll actually find 536 more episodes on the Podcast One Australia app. As has been the case for the past 12 years, this podcast is presented by me, Timbo Reed, and brutally, brutally pulled together at the very last minute by the audiophonic geniuses over at Podcast One Australia. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. May your marketing be the absolute best marketing. Bye for now.